Welcome to Reliance's Sunday Sermon. Worship with us at 8, 9.30, or 11 o'clock a.m. We hope you're encouraged by today's message. Well, hey, I appreciate it so much. It's, it's really an honor to come back home. This is our home. We have loved this church so much. I remember we, we coached for six years. I was an assistant coach at Southern Nazarene University in Oklahoma City, and we were there for six years, and we loved our life in Oklahoma City. And then we came back here. I took over as the head coach of Heston College, just north of here. And I remember when we came, there was a prayer for both my wife, Casey, and I to just find a church that's going to get us uncomfortable, find a church that's going to be able to minister to us in such a way that we're going to be sold out for Jesus Christ. And so my brother is, is Drew Cole. Um, he's my best friend. I'm a little bit taller than him and a little bit stronger than him, if you know what I mean. And, um, but he was telling me, he goes, hey, bro, I, you got to come check out this church. Him and Jesse, his wife, had just joined and, and just said back in 2018, there's something happening. There's something moving inside of this church. I think you need to come and check it out. And so I'm like, I don't know, but you know what? Let's go check it out. It's a little bit of a drive. And so we come and, and we get here, and, and at that church service, uh, Casey was out of town, so it was just me and my brother and his, his wife, and then the worship starts, and, I, and my just heart just starts to get wrecked, and, and then this guy with boots gets up and has a Jesus Changes Everything shirt on. I'm like, okay, and then at the end of that service, I remember being so wrecked for Jesus Christ. I remember feeling that prayer being answered at the end of that service, I went and I kneeled at that cross, and I said, thank you, Jesus, for this family. And so, I am a coach, and so we're going to get a little bit crazy in here. We're going to get a little bit excited. I will walk back and forth because I got excitement in me, and there's just stuff to do. And so, with that as well, there's nothing in your hands for a second. And so, I need you to, when I say power clap on three, we need to do one clap together, okay? So, power clap on three, one, two, three. Very good, one sound, that's what we like, all right? Now, if I say give me three on three, we need three claps, all right? Bop, 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 okay? So, power clap on three, one, two, three. Ah, now I got your attention, all right? Here we go, give me three on three, one, two, three. Very good, now, on the count of three, I want you to look to the person to your right and say you're amazing, and then you're gonna look to the person to your left and say you are awesome, okay? One, two, three. You are amazing, and you are awesome. Very good. Very good, okay? All right, now, let's put it together. Power clap on three. One, two, three. Give me three on three. One, two, three. You're amazing. You're awesome. One, two, three. You're amazing, and you are awesome. Very good. Now, we have college athletes that come all across the country, and in the summertime, they're, they're very skillful baseball players, and so it's an honor for them to get to come and play in a, in a summer league, okay? It's like a minor league system in ways, and it's for scouts to come and, and to see what these guys are made of. They hit with wood bats. They play every night at 7 p.m. It's an opportunity for them to be seen in their skill, and so, but what we do is that we actually do discipleship with them as well. And so in the morning time, we're going through intensive discipleship. Our guys know this. And again, these guys are good athletes, but they know that we're going to be going through biblical principles, what it's like to have a godly marriage, what it's like to have purity in your life, what it's like to have freedom in your life, what it's like to have forgiveness in your life. 
And most of all, what is it like to have identity in Jesus Christ and not this silly game of baseball at times? And so we also do camps, and the fun thing is that we get to share with every single team that we play, we share the gospel with Jesus Christ in a baseball field. And so we'll talk a little bit about that. But we also do camps for kids, and, and so I, I tell the guys, like, hey, we got to come with a lot of energy at the beginning because then we're going to share the gospel with them at the end, and we want them to hear us. And so we do a drill right at the beginning where guys line up, they get shoulder-width apart, we're going through just basic skill, and so, okay, we're going to field our ground ball, and when they step through, I want you to go, saw. okay? So our guys all line up, they get there, and then you hear this one huge voice of all of our guys going, saw. Okay, so now on the count of three, I need you guys to stand up, shoulder width apart. We're gonna, I'm just kidding, we're not gonna go there. Just, we're not gonna go there quite much. Hey, if you have your Bibles, turn to Matthew 6. We're gonna go through 25 and 27. Therefore I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or drink or about your body, what you will wear. Is not life more important than food? and the body more important than clothes. Look at the birds of the air. They do not sow or reap or store away in barns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Who of you worrying can add a single hour to his life? See, the funny thing about these athletes, I told you they're very skillful. They're pretty successful at what they do, but they are completely broken on the inside. Their identity is in this sport, and they have so much anxiety going on on the inside. If I don't perform today, what's going to happen? If I don't get drafted, now what? Where do I go in my life? Because all I know right now is baseball, and it's a beautiful sport. It's a sport that saved my life. It's taken me everywhere, but I needed Jesus Christ to be my full identity. And so as you go into the next slide, this is, this is who we are, and this is the team of what we have. And so we have three teams. We have a team in the Alaska League, we have a team in the Great Lakes League, and we have a team in the New York League. And so my wife Casey and I, we, we coached and we ran the Great Lakes team this last summer. And this is the summer that you guys prayed for for us. And so this is our team. The one on the far right is actually me and Casey uh, with my parents. That's actually the last game that we played this last summer. We won, which makes things a lot more fun. And then the next one in the middle is which I want you to pay attention to. And this is that part that I'm talking to you about. And so our guys know that they're going through intensive discipleship. And so what that is, we're in the stands at our home field before the game, before batting practice, and all of the other team is in the stands with us. So here you have opponents, and we're, we're getting ready to play a game, and we're intermixed together. And now we have three of our young men, one sharing his testimony, the next one's sharing the gospel, and the third one gets to pray over them to accept Jesus in their life or to rededicate Jesus in their life. And so that's what's happening right there. Zach Philos, who was a great pitcher for us out of California, is there, and he's actually presenting the gospel to these guys. And there's story after story of guys coming up to us afterwards and say, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I need, I need to talk more about this. And so then the one on the bottom actually is, is one of the chaplains that came in and, and was speaking biblical principles to our guys for two weeks, and he's the Auburn University's uh, chaplain. And he honestly was just vulnerable in that moment and just said, you know, ministry has been great, but it's been hard for me lately. 
And so then our team, our guys get up and just start to pray over Scott Shepherd in that picture right there. What a beautiful image that is. Mikey Archie is, is the guy on the, on the bottom right there, and, and this guy got completely transformed for Jesus Christ. And so at the end, he came up, and he came to Mama C, which is Casey to them, and came up to Mama C and me and just said, oh my gosh, I just love you guys so much. You're family to me. Thank you for changing my life for Jesus Christ. And so now he's doing amazing things at Miles College out in Alabama. But I want to talk about two men. I want to talk about two men in particular on our team. And the first one is, is Cameron Wheeler. And Cameron Wheeler is, is a pitcher at UC Irvine. Um, if you go to the next slide, Cameron Wheeler is actually really good at the game of baseball. He's been drafted as one of their weekend starters, is, uh, is really dominating in this game right now. And so Cameron came and he played for us this summer. And then in July 2nd, something happened that was pretty special. July 2nd, Cameron Wheeler accepted Jesus Christ into his life. But the beautiful part is the story. And so we're doing discipleship, and the night before, we're playing the game, and we just, get, we just get hammered. It was one of those games where just nothing was going right. And so I, honestly, the next day, I'm coming in, and, and it's July 2nd, and I'm, I'm kind of just mad. You ever have those days where you're just like, I just don't want to be here right now? And so we're getting ready to go into discipleship, and I'm just not feeling it. And so get out of the truck, Starting to walk up, Zach Philos, the young man I was talking about earlier, drives in and says, Coach, you're not going to believe what happened last night. I said, Zach, I don't know if I want to know what happened last night. And then he just goes, Cameron Wheeler accepted Jesus Christ in his life at 3 a.m. And so then we're in discipleship. We're in a room much like this room, a little smaller. We're getting ready to go through and get into our study of that day. And then Cameron Wheeler stands up and just starts crying. He says, guys, I've accepted Jesus Christ in my life, and I am a changed person because of it. I want to thank you for leading me there. And so you've seen dog piles happen at the end of World Series games. You've seen dog piles happen at the end of the NCAA Madness, March Madness. I love the passion they have right now. Our whole team dogpiled Cameron Wheeler in the middle of the team right there and just went completely crazy. Guys hugging each other, crying, and... It was beautiful. It was beautiful. The next story I want to share is actually a little different. The next story is actually about a young man named Noah Curry. Noah Curry plays at University of Charleston University, crafty little lefty, um, but athletically is, is actually was struggling. Wasn't having a great summer. Uh, was a starter for us, made some spot starts. And uh, Noah was a guy that was just struggling deeply with anxiety and deeply with depression, mental health things that just in his life. And so discipleship was good for him, but you could just tell there was just this miss a little bit. And so much of him wanted to be in it, but he didn't know how. And so Noah actually was the starter of that game the night before, the one that we got killed on. And so I, I remember watching this young man in the second inning. He, I think he's given up six runs. And you can just see him just completely explode. A ticking time bomb, just ready to completely almost give up and be done. So I go and I pull him and, and he's just, just so mad. I come back down in the dugout and then when he's down there, he just starts crying. I put my arm around him. I said, Noah, what is going on? You are a ticking time bomb, man. What's really happening? And he just starts crying. 
And so he calls me that night later and just says, hey, coach, I don't, I don't know if I need to go to discipleship tomorrow. I want to be there, but I think I need to go really kind of get something figured out right now. I, I just, I'm just struggling with some anxiety and things like that. I said, absolutely. Go get it taken care of, man. Let's go, and then let's talk tomorrow night after the game. And so Noah was actually the only one that actually missed the dog pile of Cameron Wheeler. And so we go and we have batting practice. After batting practice, I have a routine. And at that routine, I leave. It's about 30 minutes before game time. And I'll go and I'll get my uniform on. And, and during that time, I'm just praying. And I'm praying for, you know, God, help me to get out of the way. Help me to lead these young men. You know, give me eyes to see the things you want me to see. Give me ears to hear the things you want me to hear. And Father, help me to speak life today and never death. And so when, I, when I'm going into that, it's kind of getting myself prepared. And so I go out to the parking lot. And out there is Noah. He's by his car, he's in the parking lot, and he's talking to our chaplain out there. And the Holy Spirit, I think, leads us at times. I know the Holy Spirit leads us at times. And so I go up to him, and I didn't do anything except just straight up go to him and hug him. So I go up, and I hug him, and Noah just starts bawling and collapses in my arms. And I look at this young man, I look at him in his eyes, I say, Noah, there's nothing wrong with you. There is nothing wrong with you. And he goes, Coach, I'm just so messed up. I've done so many things. How could God forgive me? I said, Noah, God loves you. He loves you exactly how you are, and he wants you. And he goes, Coach, I'm ready. He goes, I'm ready. I said, so you ready for what? You want to you pray? And he goes, no, Coach, I need, I need Jesus in my life. And so in that moment, Noah has such a beautiful sinner's prayer of just, God, I'm, I'm wrecked, and there's some cuss words in there and everything. And he just goes, <laughs> but God, I need you. I need you in my life. I need you as my savior. I need you. I love this game, but it can't be my identity. And so in that moment, <laughs> I'm wrecked. I'm, I'm now changing uniforms real quick. The umpires are coming down. I'm running down. We play a beautiful game. We end up winning the game. And at the end of the game, in the huddle, I say, Noah, you got something to say? And he just stands up. He just points to his heart. And he just goes, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. And so the second time in the same day of July 2nd, we have a dog pile <laughs> for young men getting wrecked for Jesus Christ. And so in October, after the season, in a beautiful season, there was so much healing that happened in the young men's lives and in my life and in our family's life. And so October, I'm speaking at a coach's conference. And so I text these young men. I text Cameron. I text Noah. And I just say, hey, I'm going to share about your story. I'm excited to see how God moves and, and just I'm excited to share about your testimony and so is there anything that you would want me to say and what scripture would you use? What's your life verse? And so then they, uh, they respond and, and the thing that caught me off guard was Noah. Noah responds and, and he sends this text message to me and he has these two pictures. The first one he sends is the one on the right and this is him in his freshman year at University of Charleston. I just think this is so beautiful that this is how he sees this. He sends this and this is what he said, before Christ, and then the one that he sent on the left is now his in his sophomore year. He's doing actually really well at University of Charleston now. And he goes, after Christ. Isn't that beautiful? 
isn't that beautiful that this young man can see the difference in his own picture of what life is now like with Jesus in his life? And now what it's like with him as his full identity. He's no longer Noah, just the baseball player. Now he is Noah Curry, a child of God, belonging to Jesus Christ. And this is the verse that now is his life verse. And that's Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. What a, what a beautiful testimony. What a beautiful testimony of what God's doing. And so Casey's going to come up and, and hear and, and share about now what we get to do internationally and, and what we get to do um, with South Asia. We work a lot with South Asia as well. Um, but something I do want to mention is these two men. These two men are the men that I work with. And these are fathers in faith for me in a lot of ways. And between these two guys, they've been doing this. They've been doing sports ministry and baseball ministry for over 50 years. Quite incredible to me. And so the guy I want to talk about is Jason Lester for, for one second. I want to honor Jason Lester. This is, I call him Papa Les. Papa Les. He's my general manager. Uh, he loves these boys so well. Jason Lester has MD, his middle son, uh, has Down syndrome. His wife had breast cancer and, and almost passed from it. And then his oldest son ended up passing away a year and a half ago. When you see that man standing in front of those baseball players and talking about that Jesus Christ is the only thing, and that's it, when you have a testimony like that, those young men get completely wrecked in a new way. And so I wanted to honor them, but Casey's going to talk a little bit about South Asia and the ministry we do there with volleyball. Man, God is good, right? Um, I'm just so blessed to get to do ministry with my husband. Um, that's the thing, one of the things that drew us into this ministry was um, we get to do it together. And so baseball ministry isn't Tim's ministry, it's our ministry. Amen. And our trip that we got to take to South Asia was technically with volleyball, but Tim got to come with us. Um, we took a small team from Athletes in Action and uh, did what we called a vision trip where we went. And we had a few things in place, but we kind of just went with open hands and said, okay, Lord, show us, show us where to go. Show us what you want us to do um, with the sport of volleyball. And we ended up at some tables with some of the top executives, sports executives in South Asia. Kind of those moments you're, you pause in a, in a moment and you're looking around and you're like, what am I doing here? <laughs> um, but what, in the area we went to, um, cricket is the number one sport by far. They are all about cricket. It starts at a young age. They push it, they push it. But they were telling us, uh, we're kind of looking to see what our number two sport wants to be, and we think it could be volleyball. I'm like, great. Um, so they're trying to push volleyball in this area. Um, the AVP is trying to push volleyball. I mean, untapped with just millions of people. So everybody's thinking, wow, if we could get some structure in this place, there could be some great athletes that come out of it. And so um, they're... They're, they started a pro volleyball thing that was broadcasted. Sony broadcasted it. So they're kind of pushing volleyball right now. And this is when we show up. 
And we say, well, we can get in and start some grassroots stuff. We can, we can get with some schools. We can get with some kids. And we can start just teaching the basic level stuff. And they said, that's great. And how can we help? And so we come and we get the blessing of all these people and say, hey, how can we help you do what you're wanting to do with volleyball? And share the gospel. <laughs> Secret mission. Um, and so we just got to go and be, and we popped up volleyball nets at times. And volleyball is such a fun social sport. It just brings tons of people around. And what we saw was people, people are playing it all, all around. They've got nets in between coconut trees and playing in the dirt. Um, but we had Hindus, we had Muslims, and we had Christians all playing volleyball together. And it, that's where we saw it. This is the tool we get to use to come and to meet people on a common ground and get to know them, get to share with them, and through the Holy Spirit's leading, share the gospel. And so I just want to share some stories of when we were there. Um, we got to go to an orphanage, um, and I just don't feel the heart of God much more than when I'm there. Um, his heart for children, but his heart for his children that He's adopted all of us into his family, and he just has the love of a father for children. And so it was just beautiful to be there with them. They tried to teach me words in their language, and I butchered it really bad. Um, but up in the left corner, I want to tell a story about a place called Chilonum. And we were told historically this place was for the outcasts. That's where they sent people that people didn't want around, um, prisoners, different things like that's just where you send the yuck of people. They go there. And so Chalana means don't go there. And it's just this like statement, right? Don't go there. You don't want to be around these people. Um, but there's a fishing, there's a small fishing village there, there's a school there. And so the ministry team we're with said, you know, the funny thing is if you take that word and you just say it differently, Chalana means don't go there. If you say Chelanum, it means let's go. And so they're saying, let's go to this place, the outcasts, the broken, the down, the poor. And when they said it, I was just hit with this beautiful picture of the power of Christ to change names, that the world has named things for its glory, and God has a different name for his glory. And that the work we're doing in South Asia, it might be under the name of volleyball, but God has some great glory in store for it. And so I was just really moved by that name change of let's go. And, and that we get to use volleyball, sports. I mean, we say this all the time. This is just really silly, sports, you know. We put so much effort into it, and we lose our identity in it. But it's this crazy tool God's given us that we had no idea when we were playing, when we were coaching, that we would get to use it in this, this way. And it just got me thinking here today, like, what tools has God given you that just come naturally? And you think, no big deal. This is just what I do but is actually a gift from God for you to further his kingdom. Maybe it's an actual tool. Maybe it's like a hammer, and you're really good with building stuff. 
and you can physically build stuff to help other people. Maybe you are really hospitable and you love to have people come over to your house. My sister-in-law just hosted a get-together for us last night. She loves to cook. She loves to have people at her home. She told me, that filled my cup. I said, that's great because having a bunch of people over my house kind of drains me. So if it fills your cup, have people at your house because it blesses them. Maybe you love on kids and you can watch a mom's kids who's just drowning and bless her, give her some reprieve. But you just, it's just joy for you. God has placed things inside of you that are unique to you that come so naturally sometimes you disregard it because it's, oh, surely everybody's like that. No, no, God has given you special tools to serve exactly where you're at in unique and special ways. And so I wanted to encourage you today to just, yeah, what tools has God given me to serve? And maybe is God stirring me to be bold in a way that I haven't before, to use what he has given me to further his kingdom? So that's some of the, yeah, some of the work we're doing in South Asia. God is good, amen? Yeah. Matthew eleven twenty eight 28 through 30. Come to me, all who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus has such a way in his parables, such a way of, of helping me and yet wrecking me. <laughs> what I found in this, in this verse is that I don't rest well. I like to work. I like to get after it. And yet God tells me to stop. And then there's whys. I've got a lot of whys in my life at times. God, why? Why are you doing this? Why, God? Peggy Collins was a woman that helped raise me in such a way. It was another one of my best friends. And Peggy was such a, an amazing woman of faith that loved people so well. Ended up passing away at a much time that shouldn't have happened. Why, God? Why? And I remember in October of 2020, here we are, we're getting wrecked. <clears throat> I remember being here in 2020 and, and starting to feel called into going into athletes in action and, and really not wanting to because it's raising support. And I remember saying, God, I, don't, I can't do that. I remember saying, and baseball, career-wise, coaching-wise, it was looking pretty good. Things were happening in a, in a really promising direction. I had so much pride that I really had to die to. And so it was because of this church that made us sold out and said, okay, we'll give it all up. We'll sell it all. We'll go all in, God. Was that that cross again? Was that that cross again? We'll give it all up. We'll sell it all. We'll be obedient. Say, okay, God, 
We'll step into this. I'm not sure what it looks like, but we'll step into this. And that was the first year of our ministry. You guys give us strength more than you even know, more than you even know. Another why in our life, if you remember back in October, we prayed at that time. Casey and I have been married for almost 10 years. We prayed at that time. We had never been able to, to get pregnant. We'd never been able to conceive. And so I remember in those chairs right there after we shared about how broken that's kind of been in our life, I remember being in those chairs and having so much men and women coming over and praying over us and proclaiming what Jesus is gonna do in our life. Well, at this December 26th, of 2020, we have that miracle. We became pregnant. A joy that I've never felt before. And then in January of 19th of 2021, we lose the baby. We have a miscarriage. God, why? Why? And then this summer happened. And then you get to start to see how God uses these whys in our life. You get to start to see Genesis 50, 20 come to life. You get to see brokenness starting to happen, but then Jesus taking it and giving you reconciliation and forgiveness. You see, when you can look at your young men, the young men that I coach, when I looked at them in the eye, completely humbled-hearted and just said, when your wife calls your name and you know what's happening, it's because she's having a miscarriage. Where do you go to for strength? What's gonna give you peace? What's gonna give you healing? When you can look those young men in the eye and say, Jesus Christ is the only thing that gets you up and keeps you moving forward. There's something different that starts to happen. Genesis 50:20. you intended to harm, but God intended it for good, to do what is now being done, the saving of many lives. And so now Casey and I have started to see these whys in our ministry. We're getting to share these things with these young men. We're getting to share these things with these women. We're getting to share these things of what God's done in our life, the whys, and yet, in a weird way, I have such peace and thankfulness for the wise in my life. God's used them in such a beautiful way. And so Casey's gonna sing a song of, of saying, I'm available. Guys, the biggest thing I would say is have hands open. Get out of the way and allow God to lead. He's ready. I'm available. God, I don't know what to do, but I'm available. And so our prayer request is this, for our ministry, for this next year, this is what we need prayer for. Reliance Community Church, our family. You guys are for truly family and give us so much strength than you will ever know. We need prayer for Casey going back to South Asia in May and over our summer with a new team, new baseball guys getting ready to come back in. To be obedient, to continue to listen where our God is leading for us to be present and to be where our feet are, to get out of the way and to continue to allow our God to lead, to not worry. God has a plan for our family and we will be parents. We will be parents. And then that fourth bullet is we do need financial support that is how we make our living. That is how we go to South Asia. 
And so if that is something on your heart, great. Come and talk to us at the end. We can let you know how you guys can help us and bless us in that way. What I can say is, is that that was never me <laughs> raising support. I had so much pride I had to die to. God provided in such a way that just blew me away. In six months, we were fully funded. And then they were on our way, and, and now we're in ministry for over a year. And so as Casey sings, I truly do ask that you just stop for a second and pray. God, I'm available. Here I am. I'm ready and I'm available. God, could you use me? I'm available. But I do pray this. There's moments in your life that you have to go to the cross. There's moments of your life that you have to say, I'm sold out. I'm ready. I'm taking it all to the cross. If that's you today, don't be afraid. Oh man, don't be afraid. Take it to the cross. I'm gonna be up here if you wanna come up and pray. Pray with me during this time. If you wanna worship, if you wanna stand up and worship, stand up and worship. But just be available. Allow God to lead.
you sing here I am here I am here I am you can have it all you can have it all here I am here I am you So, Father, it's more than a song. It's what we're saying. Here I am. I'm available. You can have it all. And so, God, I pray you would teach us those places where the world says, don't go there. That's the name. Don't go there. The name of the Lord says, go there. And maybe it's the house next door and the neighbors next door. And maybe it's the cubicle across the room from us. Maybe it's another mission field, God, that you're calling us to. But I pray, God, just as those two young men gave their life to Jesus, their identity was once as baseball players. Now their identity is sons of the living God, and they simply use baseball as their mission field. So God, teach us. Teach our hearts. This is bigger, bigger than we could ever know, ever imagine. You have a plan and a purpose. Every person has a mission field in this place. Stir our affections, God. Thank you for the testimony of Tim and Casey, and they're so stirred to see the gospel go to the ends of the earth. Stir us, Jesus. We love you, Father, and here I am. Send me. I'm available. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, hey, God bless you. We love you. If you get a chance, come and talk with Tim and Casey. Uh, we want to radically support them in everything God is doing. Amen and amen. We'll see you guys next week. Thanks for tuning in today. To find out how to get more involved, go to reliancecommunity.org. Have a great week.